2021 is now upon us, and that means one thing. New year, new beer. At least I guess that's what our guest today would like to see. Why don't you hear more about it with me? Let's kick off a new year of Authentic Avenue. Bud Light Seltzer. Wait, he's doing Anheuser-Busch again? That was episode one, wasn't it? Yes, and now I'm targeting Focus People. Today you're going to meet Connor Mason, who leads the charge for that particular brand. He's an Anheuser-Busch lifer, and even though he's only 28 years old, he's risen the ranks and done some pretty interesting things for the beverage giant already. Obviously, seltzer has taken off as a category, Bud Light Seltzer being towards the top of it. And so today we're opening up a can of knowledge for you about how he stays culturally relevant, as well as how to put a new spin on the biggest name in beer. I really like this one because I can relate to Connor. We're the same age and I can juxtapose this with that episode one that we did with Marcel Marcandes. I think this gives in total a nice two-sided look at Anheuser-Busch, so I would encourage you after this to go listen to last year's premiere, but not before listening to this one. So I invite you now to sit back, crack open a cold one, and listen in as I get real with Bud Light Seltzer and Connor Mason. Connor, thank you so much for joining me. How you doing? I'm doing awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. I appreciate it. I want to talk to you about uh, everything Bud Light Seltzer, obviously. As you know, we opened up this podcast with somebody who also knows a little bit about Bud Light Seltzer, but you are focused on it specifically. The first thing I want to do is ask about you and your journey, because you're an engineer by trade. And how old are you now? What, like 28? I'm 28, yeah. Okay, you're 28. I'm 28. We're both 2014 grads, and yet here you are... um, basically running this enormous brand that has taken control of the seltzer category from an entertainment perspective, from a partnership perspective. And seltzer, has, as you know, is like incredibly noisy. I had, an, I had another interview on this show early on with a, with a tequila seltzer brand um, that's up and coming. So it's very, very popular and you're in the middle of it. How the hell did you do that? <laughs> yeah, well... Well, first, I got to note that you did have, uh, you know, my, my boss on uh, to start your podcast. So I'm hoping that I can uh, I can follow that up well. But yeah, it's it's been an amazing journey at, uh, at Anheuser-Busch InBev. I, I started coming straight out of school in, in 2014. Like you mentioned, I'm, I'm an engineer by trade, a, a systems engineer, um, and, and really gravitated towards, you know, Anheuser-Busch just because I thought it was it was amazing to hear all of the things from people working within the company um, talk about, you know, how much they really enjoy working, working Anheuser-Busch. And honestly, that combined with, you know, I was someone who was social. I was someone who enjoyed having beers. I thought, hey, this could be a great place to, to start my career. I, I think since then, what I've really gravitated towards at, at Anheuser-Busch InBev is just how much they value their, their people and how invested they are in, in, in the people that they have. And, and they've certainly placed a ton of investment and a ton of time in, in teaching and, and training me. So where I kind of started was, uh, you know, I didn't know what I wanted to do within the within the company. I had an opportunity to talk to at that time the head of uh, Natural Light, head of Bush Beer, head of Rolling Rock, you know, aka right down the middle for a, for a college student. And I yep. pitched uh, I pitched a, a pretty silly uh, you know college spring break program that I I put onto like three slides of. You know, we should uh, we should send people, you know, to a basement party for spring break because they can't afford going on like a legitimate spring break party. Basically, just something that I thought would make, you know, my friends laugh, you know, in, in college. And and immediately uh, she was like, hey, I would love for you to come work in marketing. And I said, is, is this what marketing is? You know, pitching 
pitching, you know, funny, crazy ideas and, and, and seeing if they stick. And she was basically like, you know, that's a big part of it. And I think we can, we can teach you everything else. So, uh, you know, I worked on, I worked on natural light for a while. I worked on a, a new brand launch in, in California called Estrella Jalisco, um, which was a ton of fun and really kind of found my footing on, on the Bush brand. And this was at a time when our current chief marketing officer, Marcel Marcondas, uh, came on the scene and he was really pushing for relevance with, with consumers, right? How do we create cultural relevance? How do we create things that people want to share, want to talk about? Um, you know, uh, and, and on Bush Beer, we really did that because we had we had almost no money on that brand. So we decided to take to Twitter and take to Instagram and, and use our organic channels in order to drive conversations and, and come up with with fun ideas. So the first one I remember was was launching Bush Latte when, uh, you know, right as Starbucks rolled out. Are you tell me that you were Bush Latte. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. Wow. Right when uh, so I was going to ask you what happened to the basement party thing. Maybe you could tell me. <laughs> the, so when you gave that three slide presentation, right, your first foray into marketing, let's say, at least yeah. for at least for Anheuser Busch, did they do that? Did they end up doing that? Uh, so they didn't end up doing that at the time because I had pulled in. Uh, you know, I, I pulled in like I, I was like, we should get Jim Gaffigan. We should get you know X Y Z brands. And, and at the time, I think that was still something that it, it was kind of you know before Anheuser Busch InBev really took this obsession with earned media, um, which is really just an obsession with the consumer and an obsession with driving engagement and shareability. And we were still, I think, a little bit, a little bit traditional, uh, you know, in, in 2014, 2015, when that was five years ago. And I think since, you know, I, I think consumers have seen and the industry has seen that we've really transitioned into this really consumer centric marketing company and trying to understand, you know, what's in the cultural zeitgeist, what should we be going after to drive, you know, shareability and engagement. So yeah, they didn't end up producing that. But you know, again, I think it shows the transition that I think in 2018, um, when, when Bush Latte came around, and I said, hey, this is something consumers are saying, I think we have a great opportunity to kind of, you know, have a little fun with, uh, you know, obviously, Starbucks and pumpkin spice latte that very, very opposite of what the Bush brand is. Why don't we bring our, our fun personality and launch, you know, Bush Latte, and, and that ended up doing incredibly well uh, in terms of, you know, some PR write-ups and, 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 uh, and conversation online. So um, yeah, so I think, you know, from there, from there, spend some time on Bush and an unbelievable brand learned and, and a lot from a lot of people, a lot smarter than me. And then, uh, you know, have moved on to Bud Light, uh, where it, it's just exploded in terms of, you know, the number of initiatives that we're putting out, you know, from Area 51, you know, to Jeff Adams, to the chief marketing officer, uh, there, there's a lot of uh, appetite internally to, to greenlight some some unbelievable ideas. But I think I may have forgotten the question to to start with. I just wanted no, to. No, was just, the question really was just out of disbelief. I was like, "You were the Bush Latte guy," and then I and then I went on and I started thinking about the other things that I've enjoyed in terms of activation from Bush. Um, like I'm just you know perusing your LinkedIn as anybody could, and I'm a happen to be lifelong doesn't you know happen very often being a Harvard grad and a lifelong NASCAR fan. I mean, diehard. But them being a premier sponsor of that, I know that you did some partnerships with that. So I'm just thinking about the different things you did. And you said Bush Latte. And I was like, geez, well, I never saw anything <laughs> like mass media as I did like in my sports fanaticism. But I hear people, I mean, people, nobody says, nobody around me is like, oh, I got a box of bu- oh, like Bush Light. Nobody says Bush Light to me, right? Everybody's, oh, Bush Lattes? You got some Bush Lattes? That's what they say. That's you, man. That, that, that's your, you're responsible for that. So, you know. Just letting you know, it's out there. Yeah, People no, I, 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 I appreciate that. But I, I mean, I, thinking that I coined the term Bush Latte is definitely, it's definitely crazy. It's it's something that we were seeing within, 
conversation amongst amongst people. And and sure, I think they loved the validation when the brand gave their stamp on it of like, yep, you know, we're we're Bush Latte. And I think uh, the the brand now has done an unbelievable job carrying that forward even more. But yeah, we were we were a big part of that. But I think the consumers were really what what drove that. So you then go from you had all this experience in a number of different labels and then you were working with Bush but in the back of your mind I'm sure and like far be it for me to put words in your mouth but like if I'm thinking about everything that Anheuser-Busch is bringing to the table in terms of its labels surely Bud Light is the one where you're like that's the one that has like the big that's the one that pushes society in in the biggest way if you're talking about beer pushing society I don't know how it does but like Bud Light's a biggie so was it hard to like break into that? Did somebody like pull you from Bush and said, no, we, you did Bush latte. We need like a Bud latte. Come here. How did that work? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think you're definitely, you're definitely onto something there with Bud Light. It's the number one beer in, in, in the industry by, by a pretty healthy margin. But I think more than that, at least from a marketing perspective, I think what's so attractive about it is there are certain brands that carry cultural cachet that you really, you can't replace. And, and Bud Light has just been doing it since 1982. And you say Bud Light, and depending on where you were, when you were born, whether it was 1970, 1990, or, or whenever, you, you're thinking, you know, oh, uh, real men of genius. You're thinking dilly dilly. You're thinking so many different things that, yeah, that, that's definitely what, what, uh, what gravitates everyone towards the brand because they know that consumers are just waiting for what Bud Light's going to, going to do next. So it's a huge responsibility and there's, there's a ton of, uh, you know, there's a ton of, of, of company, you know, oversight that, that comes with that because everyone is very protective of, of the Bud Light brand. But yeah, to your, to your question, I mean, I think this goes back to what I said at the beginning, which Anheuser-Busch really, you know, has, has looked out for, for me and I think looks out for, for people. And I was loving my, my life on, on Bush and, and did some amazing things with, with some awesome people, but it really was a, Hey, you know, we want to bring some of that mindset onto Bud Light um, that you were bringing with Bush in terms of, you know, being a little bit quicker, being a little bit scrappier, um, you know, that we were doing on, on Bush and maybe bring that onto the Bud Light brand where, you know, we are a, a much larger brand. We do have a lot more reach with our marketing messaging. So yeah, that is a little bit of, of, of kind of how that transition happened a couple of years ago. How did the interest in you being quicker and scrappier with things marry with the, as you noted, protective nature of something as flagship as the Bud Light brand? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's always a balance, but I think, you know, maybe I misstated by saying, you know, quicker and scrappier. It certainly was what we were doing, but I think, you know, the cultural conversation is quick. The cultural conversation is really scrappy. You know, if you're not capitalizing on a trend within a day or so of the trends, um, you're not going to win um, on, on the internet and you're not going to drive the, the shareability that you want. So I, I think I've definitely had to do a lot of learning on, on Bud Light to make sure that everything that we're doing is in the spirit of, of Bud Light's personality, which is, you know, bringing fun to social occasions, which is what we've always done, bringing humor and laughs um, and bringing people together for social occasions. So I think, uh, you know, the mindset that I was, I was coming in with was more of, how do we respond to things quickly um, in a way that, you know, we don't need to, you know, have the, the, the most perfectly polished execution for an idea to work? Because I saw that on Bush. We didn't have to have everything perfect because that's not how people talk online. You know, you look at you look at memes that are the most crudely photoshopped memes or you look at TikToks where, you know, things are misspelled. People people don't care. And so I think that's, uh, you know, that's some of the mindset that we had to bring to Bud Light. 
while also balancing the fact that, you know, we have a huge responsibility with the amount of messaging that we're putting behind there, behind our, our you know, what goes out into the world and, the, you know, and the, the, the force of our message. So I think it was definitely a, a learning experience, but I, you know, I, I hope that uh, the, the impact that I've had on, on Bud Light has been, uh, you know, has been, you know, more positive than, than negative. No, I think it has. I think it has. From what you've told me so far, and we haven't even talked about the most recent chapter, which I'm going to, because you mentioned memes. All right. And uh, obviously that's a big part of youth culture, humor culture, things like that. It's something that Bud Light Seltzer dove into with the chief meme officer idea. I went into that a little bit with Marcel earlier in the show. Listeners, you can go back and listen to episode number one, hear a little bit more about that, as well as other things Bush did, by the way, like the dog beer. Um, Let's talk just for a second about the jump into seltzer for you, because that associated with the flagship name, not even like the newest category in alcoholic beverage, one of one of the newest, but certainly the fastest growing. I mean, how many seltzers have you seen in the grocery store pop up in the last, what, 12 months? I mean, it is by far the biggest one. So now you're at the helm of the flagship brand. That's the number one beer name. And the subcategory within it that's probably the fastest growing. You feel free to correct me if I'm wrong. No, is, I mean, yeah. how how do you manage? The, I mean, how do you manage just like the gravity of the situation there? You know, because that's like a huge mover, probably, <laughs> of the newest business that you have. Yeah, I mean, uh, you're you're scaring me a little bit with the uh, with the title. Yeah, that's the whole point. Uh, no, I just all right, well, calm me down a little bit. Explain how you approach this with the level. You're an engineering guy, right? So you think about this differently than somebody else who might be a little bit more like emotionally swung left and right, and like, holy shit, I got to do the best thing ever for this, or else my career's over. You know? Yeah. No, I think um, so. One, you're you're spot on in terms of the the growth of the seltzer category. It really has been unbelievable to to see the seltzer category, um, you know, grow and, and really be incremental to the beer category. It's bringing in lots of different types of consumers that beer might not necessarily have been the best option for. So I think from that perspective, you know, Anheuser-Busch InBev is, is, is super excited. I'm super excited to pull in new consumers into, into the seltzer category. I think, you know, in, in, in moving on to Bud Light Seltzer and taking over that brand, I think for me, you're right. I think a lot of my systems engineering background does kick in a little bit because I think for me, it's all about identifying what are the simple things that we need to do in order to accelerate this brand. Um, Bud Light Seltzer has been doing unbelievably well since we launched in January. And obviously the company has super high expectations as I do for the brand, you know, not only on the one year horizon, but on the five, 10, 25 year horizon. So it's about trying to identify what are the simple, you know, trends and opportunities um, that we need to set ourselves up for in order to be successful. And I would say, I 100% start with the team because while I'm a big part of the team, um, the people behind me, I could do absolutely nothing without them. So that's everything from the the internal agency that we've grown, Draftline at Anheuser-Busch InBev, that now has, I believe, 10 people full-time dedicated to just Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer. And then the the internal agency overall is, is well over 100 combined with great agency partners at Wyden and Kennedy, at 3PM, uh, at FCB, um, and then, uh, you know, multiple people on my team managing everything from, you know, our, our big reach campaigns to our organic social, to influencer media, to retail. Um, the team really is, is unbelievable. And I think for me, as I think about the team, I start to think about what has been really successful for Bud Light Seltzer this year, and what do we need to kind of double down on as we get into, as we get into next year? And 
And for me, that's, that's a huge focus on how do we activate influencers um, for the brand and partnerships to help accelerate the brand? And then how do we activate on, on some of the innovation and variety that we've been able to bring with Bud Light Seltzer that's been really successful in, in 2021. So yeah, while I agree, it's a, it's a huge responsibility that I'm super humbled to, to, to have an opportunity. It's so fun to tell people that I, I work on Bud Light Seltzer, not that I, not that I wave that around, but it, it's, a, it's a fun category to work on. And people want to talk about, you know, our brand and, and the seltzer and the seltzer category at large. So, but I think in, in managing it, it's just about trying to break it down into components and, and betting on where you think growth is going to come from for the brand. Right. So let's talk a little bit about the, the fun side and the partner side, as I know that's also where you have a great deal of experience. The first thing I want to do is ask what is going to differentiate in your mind one seltzer brand from another. The reason why I say that is because at the beginning of that last answer, you said like, this is not just a short-term focus. It's something that you, or maybe the, the powers that be, have a vision for 5, 10, 25 years. I mean, I'm looking right now on the shelf and half half of the brands that I see are just like some seltzer variant. I mean, it is a huge portion and it's December. Folks, it's December, it's mid-December. We're going to release this in like three weeks. There is no way that share of shelf is 50% in 25 years. And if it is, there are only three or four names providing that shelf. How do you differentiate as a seltzer brand compared to like, I don't know, the 20 others that are out there right now? Is it in the partnerships? Is it in the activations that you do? I'm, I'm curious. Yeah, I think I think that's a great question. I mean, I, I certainly believe that the seltzer category is going to continue to grow. I don't necessarily believe that there's going to be, you know, only only three or four seltzers in in the future. I think certainly the 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 pendulum now is such that you know there's a lot of seltzers that are being brought out to market. But you just look at the beer category and and you look at the amount of different uh, different brands that are sitting on the shelf. You know, why couldn't there be an opportunity for seltzers to become that large comparative to the to the beer category, it's it's a product proposition that's super appealing to people. It's it's low calorie, it's low carb, it's great tasting. They're very refreshing. So I think there is a big opportunity for the seltzer category to grow. I think you know as it relates to Bud Light Seltzer, I think it starts with an, an unbelievable product, and I think that's what our, our our supply team has been able to to create for us since we kind of set out on the venture to create Bud Light Seltzer and, and launch it back in back in January and. What we've seen with the product is that the reviews that we've gotten, you know, not only from people taste testing them, but from just general consumers has been unbelievable. And, and every time we bring new innovation to market, um, we're making sure we do everything we can to, to make sure we have an unbelievable product. I think, you know, as it relates to, to differentiating yourselves within the category, I think there's a lot of different ways that, that you can do that. I, I won't necessarily kind of reveal the, the, the secret sauce that we have coming up for us in, in 2021 for Bud Light Seltzer, which I'm certainly excited about. But I think you need to lean in hard into what your brand stands for. I think Bud Light Seltzer is never going to be a completely unique uh, personality from Bud Light. And what Bud Light has won on forever has been this aspect of fun and sociability um, that Bud Light really brought to the beer category when it announced in, in, in 1982 as Budweiser Light. And so I think when we think about, you know, what is the way that we can win within this product? I think every brand's story is different because every brand has a different DNA. And I think Bud Light Seltzer, the DNA of our brand is fun and, and sociability. And I think we need to find ways to, to make that you know, relevant to consumers in, uh, you know, in 2020 and beyond in order to win. So that was a vision of like what happens in the years and years to come. And don't give away any secret sauce for next year. Let's not talk about next year. Let's talk about 
New Year's. Reason being, because I just saw Marcel post something on LinkedIn yesterday, I'm pretty sure, about this big end-of-year bash that is specifically through Bud Light Seltzer, which has to be one of the most star-studded events not on television, unless it is on television, you can correct me if I'm wrong there, coming up. You're, you, you're in the middle of that, right? What, what are you looking forward to as of year-end here? Is this, an, one of, this is a huge activation you're doing? Yeah, no, we're, we're super excited. Uh, it's uh, Bud Light Seltzer Sessions presents New Year's Eve. Uh, we're going to have some amazing, amazing talent, um, including Post Malone, Jack Harlow, uh, and, and a few others that are, that are yet to be announced, but will be very, very shortly. Uh, it's going to be an, an unbelievable event, but I, I kind of want to go back to when COVID just started uh, back in March. And, you know, Bud Light uh, had been a brand with their dive bar tour that had been doing a ton in music, activating all over the country as we did some unbelievable live streams with Post Malone, where we announced a new can, you know, basically all to say that music has really been in the DNA of Bud Light forever, which makes so much sense. It's fun. It's social. It's friends getting together. And so when COVID kind of happened, you know, we made this choice that we really wanted to be heavy within live streaming because we felt like there was a consumer need out there for music and there was a consumer need to provide that fun and sociability that, that music provides. And so we activated, you know, Seltzer Sessions and, and brought that idea to life specifically around Bud Light Seltzer. And what we saw with, uh, with our, our two Bud Light Seltzer shows um, with uh, Aventura and, and Carol G, and then we had another one with Brad Paisley and Lady A. Um, we actually had more concurrent viewership than any other U.S.-based live stream. So we immediately said, this is, this is a recipe for success here. And as, you know, COVID is something that we're now, you know, kind of all currently you know, living with, I think for New Year's Eve, it was just very easy for us to make that decision that this is going to be a time when people are normally celebrating, they're normally with friends, they're normally being social. And now, you know, more often than not, people are probably going to be, you know, in their homes with a much quieter time than they normally have on New Year's. So we saw an unbelievable opportunity that, hey, Bud Light Seltzer can bring can bring the fun to New Year's and, and, and throwing this event. So we're really, really excited. It's going to be a three hour show that starts at starts at 1030 um, with, again, a bunch of amazing acts We're we're hosting it on a on a platform that is going to allow for a lot of interactive sociability. So it's not just going to be your traditional you know, YouTube or Facebook live stream while we will be live on those platforms. We're really pushing to add more interactive features where friends can chat with each other. They can be on video with each other while watching the concert. There's going to be giveaways. We're, we're really excited about it. We think it's going to be a great, you know, uh, you know, a, a really fun occasion for everyone. And obviously, hopefully a, a brand builder for, for Bud Light Seltzer is, you know, the seltzer for, for fun and, and uh, fun drinking, you know, social occasions. Those events, of course, this year have drawn great audiences online digitally, and it makes sense because most people were home. People were probably consuming more Anheuser-Busch product than they had previously. Of course, 2021 and going forward, we are hopeful that things start to come back to normal, back to normal, meaning not just digital, but things in person. Do you see that affecting the mix of things that you do with regard to the activations and the partnerships that you hold, given the fact that you've had such great success digitally already? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, Anheuser-Busch and, and Bud Light Seltzer, for sure, we, we were huge within, you know, sports activations, you know, at stadium, a big part of what we do, concerts, a big part of what we do. And so I think as those things come back to normal, I definitely think that, you know, you're going to see Bud Light Seltzer participating in some of those and some of those live experiences. The one thing that I will say is that I think COVID has really, uh, you know, proven um, to to an extent, and I, I think I kind of believe this before COVID, but since COVID happened, it, it definitely has solidified it in my mind, is that these online communities 
um, can be just as powerful as some of these real life communities. And what I mean by that is, you know, your community of, you know, Bengals fans that are going to the Bengals game, they can be just as powerful as following a Twitch streamer and interacting in the chat with the Twitch streamer or participating in a particular subreddit and, you know, interacting with people that way. So I definitely think that, you know, there's going to be a, a remain focus on activating digital and activating within digital communities. But certainly I think we're, we're all, you know, optimistic for what the, what the future looks like in the U S and how we might be able to, to bring back some of the experiential that we've had on, on Bud Light Seltzer. And, and it's a big part of what we do, um, you know, with the, with Bud Light and Bud Light Seltzer for sure. Let me round out with a question for advice, because my guess is that there are a lot of people out there who would love to work in your probably exact position, but people who would gladly wave around that, yes, I work for Bud Light Seltzer card that you said, you don't flourish that often, but you probably could. People want to do that. And even if they can't, people want to learn how. I have the great privilege on this show of talking with brilliant brand minds all the time. And so I cannot let you go without asking for somebody who wants to get on that path, for somebody who one day seeks to emulate your journey, whether it be at the age of 28 or 58, how would you suggest that they think about brand development, that they think about partnerships in order to set themselves up in that way? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I would say, you know, certainly uh, I, I've, gotten, I've, I've gotten just super lucky in, in finding myself into the, the role that I am now. And I'm super, I'm super grateful for it. I would say the advice that I have and, and what I'm really looking for people when I interview them is really an obsession with all things, not digital marketing, but digital content creation. So starting to understand, you know, uh, I love asking people like, why do you think TikTok has experienced the growth that they've experienced, right? Why do you think these meme networks work better than when they're individualized, right? Why is this particular content creator more popular than another? And, and I think a lot of times what I love is when people are actually like, yeah, well, I actually have my own podcast. I have my own meme account. I have my own, you know, uh, influencer account, because to me, that means that they want to get out there and do it. They're, they want to get out there and create content and participate uh, in the internet ecosystem. I think, to be honest, that the age of kind of like traditional brand marketing, it, it's, it's dead. I, I really think that the future of brand marketing is digital content creation. And I would definitely argue that all the, the best campaigns that I've seen within the last couple of years, they really are thinking content creator lens first and brand second versus thinking brand lens first and content creator. I think you can always teach a content creator how to be a brand marketer, but it's very difficult to teach a brand marketer how to be a content creator. So that's what I really look for when, when I talk to people. And again, the, the people on my team are so unbelievable. They're, they're so clever. They're so creative. Um, they're so energetic. And, and that's what energizes me to create you know, content, content every day. I, uh, I, I actually heard a quote from, uh, from, from Big Cat at Barstool that I loved, which is, he wakes up every day scared that he's not going to be able to create really funny content that day. And I think that that's, that's what you got to really have. You got to have this, how can I always be creating new and better content and learning from learning from other amazing content creators, whether it's other brands, because so many other brands are, are unbelievable. And I, I want to do so much of what they do uh, on Bud Light and do it better and, 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 and digital content creators and influencers and people who you know, have a way of, of driving conversation on the internet. So I think that's really what, what I look for um, when, when talking to people. I mean, I think in terms of finding yourself in, in my position, 
I, I'm, I'm just humbled that I'm here. I'm certain that there's people out there that, that could, uh, I could learn a lot from in, in, in my role. So I don't know if I have exact advice on, on how to get here. I feel super lucky. Well, my guess is that you won't be going anywhere for a little while. That's a really good observation, by the way, on the content versus brand and which way you should be first. I think a lot of brands have tried to do, oh, we could be, we could become like a content creator. Cool. And they just like come off as like, they go on TikTok and people are like, what are you doing? That just doesn't ring true because they don't go creator first. And I think that's, I think that's smart. Okay. Last question and a bit of a fun one here. Brand new in stores, the Bud Light Seltzer Ugly Sweater Pack including cranberry, apple crisp, ginger snap, and peppermint patty. I got to ask, which of those is your favorite? And where did the idea for a mint seltzer come from? <laughs> yeah, I, this is an idea that it came up and got killed, uh, to be totally honest with you, a couple times before we eventually launched it. And it's it's done unbelievably well. So we're, we're extremely enthusiastic about kind of the ugly sweater pack and these kinds of ideas going forward. But I would personally say the apple crisp, like, legitimately tastes like an apple crisp. So I was expecting something that's a little bit, you know, kind of right down the middle apple. Um, but I think if you try it, you're going to say this tastes like something I might have on, on Thanksgiving dinner as a dessert. It, it's really, really good. And actually one of my, one of my favorites, but for sure, you know, grab them if you can, cause they're, you know, they're in and out of, uh, of market kind of as we're talking right now in early December. Yeah. I tried looking around. Uh, it's, it's out of stock. I get you on the Apple thing. You know why? Because I've tried to go find Bushlight Apple. Because I'm like, that's interesting. <laughs> Guess what? You can't find it. It's off the shelf. So listeners, if you too want to wash down your Christmas ham with some Bud Light seltzer. No, I'm uh, going <laughs> to do a little ad read here. But um, Connor, thanks for coming on here and, and sharing this a little bit more with me. Uh, you have a really cool job. <laughs> and I think a lot of people would be jealous to have it. So I appreciate taking a, a half hour out of that job to, to talk to me and to... Tell us more about how you use these partners well, and uh, best of luck to you as you go through the, the new year into 2021. I'm sure people will wait on bated breath to see what the heck Bud Let Seltzer is going to do next. But for now, I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, I appreciate it a lot, Adam. Thanks for having me. I tried. I looked far and wide for that holiday box and just could not find it. So good on you, Connor, because it flew off the shelf. Thanks to him and thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in as we kick off a new year of Authentic Avenue, trying to put a little new voice on this little new perspective, and I'll come out soon with a personal podcast explaining what that means. In the meantime, you can find me on social, LinkedIn, Authentic Avenue there, also Adam Connor there, doing some things on TikTok. I'll explain that a little bit more in a future show, and of course, on email, the most official of all, Adam at AuthenticAvenueMedia.com. I'm helping brands put together podcasts for themselves right now, and if that's something that you and your business have been thinking about for a multitude of reasons, I'd be happy to weigh in. And also, if you have a suggestion on who should appear on the show next, I'd be happy for that too. This has been your host, Adam Connor, saying until I get real again with you right here on the show, thank you for taking a walk with me down Authentic Avenue.